Hey Church, it's great to have you here with us once again. How great is that video? I think every time I hear it, I get goosebumps, you know, just as much as the day we first watched it over two years ago, right here in this building when we rebranded as Hope Church Lytham. And here we are still pursuing God, still looking for opportunities to bring hope to our community and beyond. We're going to start a brand new preaching series from next Sunday, but I just wanted to take a moment today to just remind us about the vision and the values of this church. You know, we first shared this with you uh, back in February, um, and, and since then, so much has happened. We've been, you know, we've been through this lockdown pandemic and it's been mental. So I just thought, why don't we take a minute? Why don't we take just today to remind us about who we are as a church, what our heart is, what our passion is. So why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that you have called us to be your hands and your feet right here in this community and we uh, lift your name on high, we honour you, we thank you that you're here with us and that your presence and Holy Spirit is at work within us and we pray that this morning we will be reminded and inspired about your vision for this house. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I believe that God places within each and every one of us something that we're passionate about, something we can really get excited about. And when you find that thing, when you get into that groove, I don't, I don't know about you, but whatever it is that makes you come alive, that's how it feels when you're living to purpose. So at the beginning of this year, Ruth and I spent some time away together just to seek God and to really get some clarity about what it is that God's speaking to us, this church, where we should be heading, where we're going, what this next season of Hope Church looks like. And where we landed was rather than to be speaking about a vision for the year, you know, like we've done in the past, that actually we would go right back and look at the vision of Hope Church Lytham to really put a stamp on it to say, this is who we are. This is what we believe and this is what this next season is going to be about. And so I think there's a lot of you who have been on this journey with us. You were there with us in February and so you've heard some of this before, but I think it can be great for us to have a reminder. But then also there's some of you who are brand new to us and so it's a great opportunity for you to hear who we are, what our heart is and where we're headed. Our vision is simple, to love God and love people. I don't think that we need to overcomplicate things. Let's just keep things simple. Love God and love people. It says in Matthew 22, when Jesus is being asked about what the greatest commandment is, they say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. So if Jesus thinks that the two most important things in this world are to love God and to love others, then I'm going to listen to him. 
And so we've stamped our stake in the ground, if you like. We've, we've pl- placed this plumb line in place that says everything that we do as a church should show love to God and to others. Love God, love people. It's a simple mantra, but I feel like it, it gets across the message of what we're about. And then out of this this simple statement were born a set of core principles and values that would help us to live out that mandate. You know, these are the things that make us who we are, the things that help us to be more like Jesus and the things that will help us to see his kingdom power move in our church, in our community, in our lives and beyond. So here they are. We are a church that pursues the heart of God. We are a church that helps people to find their God-given purpose. We are a church that wants to bring hope to our community. We're a church that wants to help restore the brokenhearted. And we are a church that wants to create a culture of generosity. They're our core values. That's how we are going to live out this mandate to love God and love people. So let's just spend a few moments just breaking that down digging a little bit deeper once again into those values. So pursuing the heart of God. It says in Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Above everything else, our heart and our passion is that we will be men and women of God after God's own heart. Psalm 105 not only encourages us to seek the Lord, but to seek his presence continually. You know, there's a real sense of intentionality here that we need to put some work into it. It needs to become a priority in our lives. Above everything else, we will seek God. We'll seek his heart. We'll pursue what it is that he's passionate about. So I ask you today, ask yourself, what is it that you're chasing? What is it that you're chasing? Because I believe that we're all chasing after something to help us to be, to feel happy, to feel content. That might be comfort, it might be success, it might be a bigger house or someone's approval. I I don't know what it is for you, but if we're honest, it can feel sometimes when we chase after those things that actually we're just chasing after the wind. We can't quite grab hold of these things. David in scripture, he was described as a man after God's own heart. And David may well have been described as one of the greatest kings to ever live, but he was also an adulterer and he was a murderer. He was far from perfect. And so I hope that that can give us some kind of hope this morning to cling to that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, we can still be people after God's own heart. So what does it look like to pursue the heart of God? Well, this value comes first in our list because it's foundational to everything that follows. Pursuing the heart of God, it boils down to relationship with our heavenly father, with our creator, with our source of strength and hope and peace. Pursuing the heart of God, it means that everything that we do comes from an increasingly intimate relationship with God. It means that we recognise that everything that we do, it means that we recognise that each of us 
needs to have a personal relationship with God. It's about us and God and our connection. And and we're all on this journey of faith together. We're just all at different stages. And so we as a church, we want to encourage everyone to continue on that journey, to, to create an environment where we can find God's rest. We talk about that a lot over the past kind of month or so, haven't we? Finding God's rest, finding just rest in him. You know, sure, as a church, we'll run this on a Sunday, we'll do our life groups midweek, we'll give soap journals out, we'll create those kinds of opportunities for us to pursue God's heart together. But more importantly than that is to create an atmosphere and a heart and an attitude that essentially encourages the pursuit of God's heart to become your lifestyle. Because it's not about what we can create, it's not about what we can do for you, it's about your relationship with God. It's about you and your Heavenly Father, it's about you and your Creator. So we encourage you as as part of our core uh, set of values to cultivate this relationship between you and God, for you to pursue God, for you to understand more of of how he sees you and, and that brings us on to our next value. So first comes pursuing the heart of God and then out of that comes this this value of you know we want to be a church that helps people find their God-given purpose. You know we believe that as you pursue the heart of God, as we meet with him, as we as we spend time in his presence, we believe that God begins to reveal to us how he sees us. You know, I think we can often have a distorted view of ourselves. We put ourselves down, we, we beat ourselves up far too easily. But I believe that as we draw close to God, as we spend time in his presence, he shows us who we really are. He lets us look at ourselves through his eyes and so we can see how much we are loved, how much he believes in us, how much he's championing us in our calling, in the the purpose that he's placed us on this earth to be. Because we were created for something. We, We were created for such a time as this. You know, I believe that God's given each of us a unique skill set, a unique personality, unique passions that are to be used together in unity, each and every one of us, to see God's heart and desires put into action. In Romans uh, chapter 12, it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, individual mem- individually members one of another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We each have a purpose. We've each been placed here for such a time of this with a unique set of gifts and skills to be able to carry out God's will and God's purpose right here in our community. You know, I firmly believe that that God's will is for each and every one of us to present our lives, like it said, as as an act of sacrificial love. And you know, this happens when we, when we use the gifts that God's given us to serve the church, to serve the community, to put these passions, to put these skills, to put our hands to work. And so, I don't know, if, if you're not sure what it is, what your purpose is, if you're thinking, well, I don't know what I've been put on this earth to do. We've said this so many times before. Look at what you're passionate about. What is it that gets you excited? What is it that on a Sunday night you wouldn't dread waking up to on Monday morning? You know, maybe it's singing, maybe it's designing, maybe it's working with your hands. Maybe that's what you're passionate about. Maybe you're passionate about people, young people, old people, disadvantaged people. Maybe you love administration or hospitality. You know, no gift is better than another. We don't need to devalue ourselves because we think, well, that person's passions are better or higher than ours. God didn't create us all the same. Life would be boring if we were all identical. He made us each different, unique. He gave you a specific skill set and a specific set of passions that can be used for his kingdom. This verse, it describes us as a body. Each, you know, with a a whole bunch of different parts and different functions. And the best way for a body to work its best is when each part does what it's supposed to do to the best of its ability. The right people doing the right things and doing them well. Our heart as a church leadership is to help you find your passion. To help you find your purpose, and then to equip you and to empower you to do it. So we've got pursuing the heart of God. We've got helping people find their God-given purpose. And then next we've got bringing hope to our community. In Matthew 25, verses 35, 36, and then jumping on to verse 40, it says... For I was hungry, oh hang on, where are we? For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. When you did it to one of the least of these, you were doing it to me. 
So we're called as believers to love our neighbour. You know, that phrase, love your neighbour, it's found nine times in the Bible. Not once, not twice, nine times. Loving your neighbour is so important to God that he didn't just make it a principle, but he makes it a command. We're to love God and to love our neighbour. Love God, love people. So my hope is that the highlight of our ministry as Hope Church Lytham happens outside of Sunday mornings. You know, if our main opportunity to minister to people, to share the good news of Jesus is, you know, on a Sunday, whether it's through your TV screen or in this building, then I genuinely believe we've missed the point and the purpose of being church. I don't know about you, but I've been overwhelmed by the work that God's been doing in this value over lockdown. It's been incredible to see the answers to prayer and the outworking of, of God in these times. We were asked by File Council to support the Lytham St. Anne's COVID volunteer group. And through that, we were able to do shopping for people, pick up prescriptions, walk dogs for those people who were shielding or self-isolating. We've been able to cover the cost of transport for people needing medical trips, but they couldn't get to hospital. We've been able to provide PPE for some of the volunteers, all because we were asked by the council to help in that way. And then we've partnered with Operation Orphan and we've run this successful pilot scheme of the Forget-Me-Nots project with Lancashire County Council. And now we've been given the thumbs up to continue with that project for the foreseeable future. And already over the past month or so we've been running it, we've helped 10 families with beds and bedding and furniture and uniform and all kinds of things that, you know, we take for granted because well, we've got access to these things, but there are families within our community that are without. And so we have the privilege and the honour to be able to serve and bless our community in that way. And then as well as those initiatives, we've also been asked by Filed Council again to run a holiday club. And so that's been fantastic. 30 plus kids each day getting together and doing crafts and activities and sports and just having an awesome time together and then being given some lunch before sending them back home to their parents. You know, the aim that, that we kind of announced to church at the beginning of this year was that we wanted to be needed by our community. And I believe over the past few months, God has helped us to live out and realize that vision. It's amazing. And the exciting thing is we've barely begun to scratch the surface of what God's going to do through us in this community. It's such a privilege. I hope you recognise that. It's so amazing and awesome to be able to be involved in this. So then we come on to value number four, restoring the broken hearted. And, you know, restoring the broken hearted, it's all about coming alongside people about encouraging growth in emotional and in spiritual health. It says in, in Isaiah chapter 61, <clears throat> The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, planted of the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. It's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do through us, through the church. And actually, this portion of scripture is what Jesus read in the synagogue. He read it in the synagogue as a description of what he was going to do, of what he was placed and called to earth to do during his ministry here. And so if that's what he was sent to accomplish, if that's what he was uh, empowered and, and, and called to do and to be, then we absolutely should line up with that and, and take that as a calling on ourselves. So we are called to, to bring restoration to the brokenhearted. We are called to come alongside people, to help them, to support them, to love on them. And talk about finding your purpose and your passion. This is where Ruth comes alive. Her heart is to help people. It's to bring restoration. And this value, it talks about bringing people to wholeness. And and we feel that it's the church's responsibility to help people on this journey. That we should be supporting people so that they can live out of a place of knowing just how loved they are of knowing that actually they're worth something. And so we say every Sunday that please let us know if there's something that we can be praying for you about. That's not just a token gesture. We're not just saying that because we think it's the right thing to do. We genuinely want to hear from you. We believe in the power of prayer. We have a heart to support you and to encourage you and to come alongside you in whatever it is that you're going through. There is no problem too big for God to work in and there is no problem too small for him to be interested in. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you need prayer for, please, please, please let us know. We would love to pray for you. And so that's bringing restoration to the brokenhearted and then finally this this fifth value, creating a culture of generosity. It says in uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You see, generosity isn't just, isn't something that you're born with. It, it's actually a spirit an attitude, a posture that that we need to assume. It's something that we need to work on, that we need to develop. It's something we need to be intentional about putting our mind to. And so the encouragement from this biblical principle is to be generous. And actually that, as we do that, we'll be enriched. 
Another translation says that, that God will make us rich enough so that we can always be generous. That's my heart, that, that I can just be so confident in God's support of me that he pours out his blessings on me so that I can be a blessing to other people. God blesses us so we can bless others. He provides for us so we can provide to others. You know, as a church, we absolutely believe in the biblical principle of tithing, of giving 10% of your earnings before tax to God. But we also believe that, that religion does what's expected. Religion does what's expected. And actually, grace goes further. So we shouldn't just be ticking a box with our generosity. When we tithe, we shouldn't just be doing it because we need to do it, because we have to do it. You know, for those of us who call Hope Church home, we should be sowing generously into this vision. We should be stretching ourselves and giving above and beyond. Not because we want to leave ourselves short, but because we believe that God will bless us. Because we believe that he will pour into our lives so we can pour into other people's. And as we do that, by, by doing that, it enables to, to do all of these things that we've been talking about this morning and more. All of these projects and community work and incredible things and ways that we're able to bless our community. We can only do that through the generosity of the church. But this value of generosity, it goes beyond how we give to the church. You know, you may not know this, but but as a church, we give 10% of our income to missions work. It's ring-fenced for for missions work, whatever that may look like, international or local, we take 10% of our income and decided to ring fence that because we wanted to create this culture of generosity and we wanted to live it out ourselves as a church. And so, you know, generosity, it's not just about finances. I'm driving that home a little bit, but it's not just about finances. It's of giving of our time, of our energy, of our skills, of our resources. It's about going above and beyond in the way that we live and love. You know, our generosity should underpin everything that we do as a church, which is why we put that at the end to kind of round things off because, you know, we've got this foundation of pursuing the heart of God, but then we've also got this, uh, this culture of generosity that should help all of that along. In Proverbs 11, the message translation puts it like this, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are blessed. You see, God promises to to give us increase as we live out of this principle and culture of generosity. We don't do it for the increase, that's not our goal, but that's the promise that comes with this value, that he gives us what we need when we're faithful in that principle. It's about stepping out in faith, about believing God's promises. And you know, God set this culture, this value of generosity in place when he gave his only son to die for us so that we can have relationship with him. If it's good enough for God to live a culture of generosity, then we should absolutely be living in that way. So there we are. That's a quick 
speedy overview of Hope Church Lytham, who we are, our values, our vision. I hope it wasn't too fast for you to, to keep up, but that's who we are. That's our heartbeat. We are called to love God and love people. We're a church that pursues the heart of God, that wants to help people find their God-given purpose, that is called to bring hope to our community and restoration to the brokenhearted and to live and create a culture of generosity. That's who we are. We are called to love God and love people. Hopefully that phrase is simple enough that it sticks in your head, that it catches into your soul and your spirit and it's something that you can uh, can begin to grab hold of and run with because we can't do this alone we need you we need each and every one of us to play our part so if you're new to hope if this is even your first message that you're hearing this is a call to you as well i want you to be part of that if you want to connect in with us please do you can drop us a message in the chat or in the comments email us hello at hopechurchlitham.com get in touch we'd love to hear from you and for those of you who have been on this journey with us who have seen all that we've gone through over the past few years and and how god has begun to work incredibly even here in 2020 thank you for your support thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity and your prayers let's continue to be the church let's continue to be a family let's continue to be god's people bringing hope and love and restoration to this town why don't we pray father god we thank you for your love we thank you for your presence we thank you for your holy spirit at work within us and i just want to thank you so much for the work that you've been doing this year even down this through this lockdown period where we thought that perhaps things would slow down, but actually there's been a catalyst for, for growth and for change and for influence and impact. And we are so grateful for the way that you have been working through us in our community. We pray for uh, wholeness and wellness. We pray for those people who are struggling right now, that you will bring restoration to people who are feeling broken and downhearted. We pray for healing of spirit and soul and body and mind. That Holy Spirit, you will begin to work in people who are feeling broken and you will begin to do a work that brings them to wholeness. Remind us that as we pursue your heart, as we seek first your kingdom, that actually you will begin to, to show to us who we are, who we were created to be that you will show us how you see us. I thank you that you champion us. I thank you that you are, uh, you are working on our behalf, that you are petitioning to God for us, that, that you are our biggest cheerleader. We thank you for your love, for your support, for, for the things that you bless us with that we take for granted. May we count our blessings every day so that we don't live a life of, uh, of not understanding just how good we have it. And so God, I thank you for everyone listening to this message today, whether it be live or catching up or on the podcast, that, that you will have blessed them, that even through this simple vision and of loving God and loving people, whether part of Hope Church or not, that that should be our mandate as believers of Christ. And so I pray that you will help us as we run that race, as we live that life, 
as we love our neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray.